Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Sorry about my voice, I'm still getting it back from straining it too much at uh, Texas last weekend. Um, if you heard the post-race Texas podcast, uh, I didn't have much of a voice then. Still, still trying to recover from that, but it's almost back, it's almost back. So now I just have sort of like a radio voice or something. It's got the deep, the deep thing going. Anyway, um, Parker Kligerman from NBC Sports and uh, an assortment of other rides, including this weekend at Talladega in both the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. He, of course, is a Truck Series winner from earlier this season at Mid-Ohio and truly, truly someone I think deserves to be in good equipment in a full-time ride in NASCAR. And I think he is sort of symbolic of some of the problems that NASCAR has right now, not to go off on a tangent here, but I mean, you know, this guy doesn't have uh, money to bring or, you know, a ton of sponsorship or anything like that. So he's not getting in uh, the best rides. And I think his talent has shown he deserves an opportunity, but hopefully he'll get that at some point. In the meantime, very excited to have him on the podcast because he's super intelligent and has great perspective on the sport and all things racing. Obviously, has his TV career in addition to the racing career, so he's very well-spoken. We've actually been doing these 12 questions interviews since 2011, and here I said 2013, but it, just because Google had failed me, we actually done uh, 12 questions in 2011 and 2012, but uh, that's where our conversation will begin. All right, everybody, I'm here with Parker Kligerman for another 12 questions, and we've been... Uh doing these a long time i was looking up uh some of the i i, I honor to be back like yes that. i we've the one one of the ones i found was 2013 i don't know if we did one before that but um that might be the first yeah if i remember or 2012 would have been here it was tier two. Oh, really okay. because i had just talked to jimmy johnson and whatever when i was fighting for that championship in oh, trucks, okay. and okay. he gave me like really good advice maybe that was 2013 i can't remember but well it was 2013 here. you were about to make your first cup start so it must have been here. So wow, okay. a lot happens down in Texas for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first question is, and, and you're the guy to ask on this because this is about airplanes, and clearly you fly all the time. Oh my gosh. Uh, when when you don't uh, got that upgrade, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? So normally it does not bother me because I'm also a person who doesn't recline. So I'm weird where I can sleep sitting up. Okay. Um, and I think that's a requirement in my life, considering you know, like you, I'm probably over 100 flights a year right wow. now, commercial flights. I've done 125 is my record in a year. That was 2019, <sighs> every 2.5 days. So my thing is like, I look at a plane and fall asleep. I've convinced myself that. Um, so it really doesn't bother me, except for I was coming down here yesterday, and we're on one of those new 737 Maxes. And this is what's the thing that I always make fun of people at Fluoton who then learn about planes, but then. It almost as natural you learn about planes. Yeah. So we're on a 737 Max, and I couldn't believe how close the seats were together. 
in economy. And I was like row 12 or whatever, aisle, because I'm a big aisle guy. And I felt bad for the guy in the middle and the guy all the way in. I was like, this one was claustrophobic. Wow. So I would say, you know, it depends on the plane a little bit. It doesn't bother me personally, but I do feel bad for people that maybe feel a little claustrophobic because that is, it's getting tight. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that totally makes sense. <laughs> Uh, how often do you get recognized at the grocery store? <laughs> Food Country USA every time. <laughs> uh, considering I don't go to the grocery store much, um, I, uh, you know, my girlfriend Shannon does a lot of that. Um, I'm terrible at grocery stores because I always walk in there super hungry and end up buying like a thousand things. And then she's like, this is the most expensive grocery store shop I've had in a month. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I came in here. I haven't eaten all day. What is this? This is like, you know, it's like bringing a hungry lion to his, you know, empty <laughs> like or a watering hole. I'm just like, this is insane. Look at the salami. We need the salami. It's 85 bucks. Like whatever. So um, getting recognized, though, I don't know if that ever happens in Connecticut, really. Yeah. Not really. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, I might be out at a bar in New York City, and it will happen more often than anything. Wow. Like, where, like, not probably right before the pandemic. I haven't gone there as much, but it was kind of funny to see that happen and just be like, wait, you're the guy, NASCAR guy. I'm like, yeah, I do. Wow. So that's That's funny. something. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Smaller city than you think. Might be like <laughs> 20 million people, but it's way smaller than you think. Huh. Okay. Yep. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner? So the best thing that ever happened is iOS 16 remind me function and or to uh, make them unread because I can be terrible. I can, I'm the type that responds within one second or 36 days. Like, And you and I dealt with – you just dealt with me on it Like where I responded like two or three days later. And I'm like, God, where I – I've tried all sorts of different strategies, but it's just like sometimes I want to put more thought into the response or I'm like, you know what? I don't know that answer right this second. Mm -hmm. Let me go find it out and I'll come back to this. Mm -hmm. So I've been getting way better about using the unread function. Remind me app is now my go-to to-do list reminder thing. I set dates and times. Oh, Excellent wow. from Apple. It's okay. just right there on your phone or on your iPad. And now it goes across my Mac, iPhone, and um, uh, what do you call it? iPad. And like I've tried all sorts of different things. Asana, Monday, all these different like workflows. No, Trello, none work for me. But for every reason, this Remind Me app, it's so simple. And you just set, like, if you just really use it when you have something and you just put it in there real quick instead of date and time to remind you, beautiful. Wow. So, I'm, okay. and with the unread function of text, I'm going to be better now. I'm going to be better than I was for you. I'm sorry. You, you were at a wedding to be, a, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> well, when I was in Oregon, I had no, sir, it was awful. My phone would barely work. Um, but yeah, this week I have no excuse that I should have been quicker. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, what is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? Uh, well, I want to get out of this one immediately. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if I just walk out this door. Yeah, you could. Um, I've read all your responses. To this. I find so, some of them so funny, but I think the toss off is the biggest, right? Just find someone they, they could be more interested in. So like you're at a dinner party or like a cocktail party or whatever, and you're at a bar and like, you want to get out of this. I always be like, Hey, have you met my friend, Jimmy? <laughs> like, Come on in here. All right. Well, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll see you guys later. You know, like that sort of thing. So the bathroom also, I think is always an out. You know, people can't stop you from that. Can't be like, no, you don't have to go to the bathroom. Right. Like, who are you to tell me I don't have to go to the bathroom? So, so true. Exit. And, you know, if you're comfortable sharing that, like I'll, I'll all the time be like, hey, I, I got to go pee. Yep. Like, I no mean, problem. People are like, well, this person's sharing information. I mean, it's not like it's like super personal or something, but they're like, oh, well, if he's telling me that. Like, you know. <laughs> he's, he's really has to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if you could pick only one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Forever, I would have said Twitter. Twitter has by far been the highest value thing 
on the internet to me. I mean, you know, I'm someone who loves tech, business, you know, all those things. Uh, obviously, NASCAR, F1, all motorsports, and it just feels like I curated it into a way where, like, it's a, it's just if you go to my follow, who I follow, that is my brain. Hmm. Like, that is my brain. And, like, the other social medias are not. So, like, Instagram, you know, for a while you're following all those Instagram models. Had to purge that. That made no <laughs> sense. Um, you know, and then you're just, like, following random stuff I find cool, whatever. But it's, like, it's not me. Um, TikTok, I don't really follow anyone. Per te- I love making videos on TikTok and interacting with the fans. But I just don't follow a lot of people. I don't find it a high-value place in that sense. I've just started following more people. But it's obviously really similar to Reels on TikTok. Everyone's posting the same stuff all over. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube, I try to get into YouTube. I have these younger, some of these kids who've worked for me that that um, are super into YouTube. And I just can't, like, high-quality stuff, absolutely. But some of, the, like, the low-quality, you know, youtube ass stuff I struggle with. Uh, I do like – I have started watching podcasts on YouTube. Hmm. But I would say in the end, if as I've gone through this really long-winded answer, Twitter would be the keeper. My my biggest frustration with Twitter is the lack of ever incorporating video in a meaningful way. Video is still, like, not even in the top ten, you know, things that work on that app in terms of algorithms and that sort of stuff. And it's just really, really frustrating that they're so far behind. And I've been really frustrated with them for, like, three or four years. And I was so excited when the Elon Musk thing came around because I felt like, all right, this is the catalyst to take Twitter and just literally copy TikTok and Instagram like they're doing and just put reels into this Twitter, but make it where you can insert them into tweets and have the retweet effect because Twitter is the most amazing virality aside from TikTok before them, but natural virality. It's not an algorithm. It's literally humans being like retweet, comment, you know, pushing this thing forward. So they just have completely dropped the ball day after day. And I just think they need a massive management change. I, I had stock in them. I sold it all way too early, but I just feel like Twitter is a, is a, basically a completely untapped social media right now that could be five times as big <sighs> hard to argue with any of that man i i share a lot of those concerns about twitter yeah they um, won't even see this they won't care but they won't <laughs> no. they won't do anything about the bots they won't do anything the, about, i mean it's it's just frustrating yeah it's unbelievable it's one of the most high like everyone says if you want to meet like and tell you know the most high value people in the world are all on twitter yet it is by far the least kept up, least, you know, advanced, just completely without any sort of course or direction. The roadmap makes no set. There is no roadmap, I'd assume. It's just, it's been really sad to watch it just wallow when it could be thriving. Yep. Yep. Uh, what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? For me, it's always been sort of using like the what's next sort of thing where like that's done and dusted what's next now that could mean what's next meaning you know positive thing or what next mean like okay we got to go deal with this because of the mistake Mm -hmm. um but it's sort of just pushing it forward and i think that's the biggest thing for athletes that you see is that you know we always say a short-term memory is the best thing an athlete can have because you sort of just forget about the mistake and can think positively and focus forward but that really i think that that's a powerful tool in all facets of life um and as long as, you know, I, I think the only problem I have is people, if they make a mistake, they go so far forward as to never deal with the repercussions or clean it up. I have a lot of respect for people who, you know, use that sort of what's next mentality, even when it means, okay, I've got to go do this thing I don't want to do because of it. To clean this up, that gets me to that next point of being able to say goodbye to it. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a strategy I've tried to employ. I've probably in my past as my younger self when I was, well, I'm still pretty dumb, but <laughs> when I was way, I just less, uh, cerebral about things, you know, I definitely was that person just like, okay, onto the positive, whatever's next. And it's like, sometimes you got to be a little bit more stand up and, you know, deal the repercussions. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer. That's great. So <clears throat> this one's a little bit frustrating for me. I, I've been <laughs> frustrating, fr- frustrated on your behalf watching your ca- career. So this is my wild card question. Um, and I was, I was like, how, how do I phrase this? And I went back to this two thir- 2013 interview that we did and you would ask a question for the next person. And I just thought, you know what? He can answer this uh, nine years later himself. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know how to phrase this. Cause he, the background is I just feel like, um, you know, you have to be one of the top three people in the sport, if not number one, in terms of people who have already proven themselves that they deserve to be in great equipment and are just are not getting that opportunity right now. And it's so frustrating because you're like, what is this sport? Like, so anyway, I don't want to go too far down the road, but you, you had asked for the next person at the time, yep. what is the biz- biggest obstacle you faced in your quest to get to the Cup Series? So I want to know, like, what is your biggest obstacle in, in your quest to get to where you want to be, wherever that, that is? Well, I think the biggest obstacle I'll be, and this is going to be really sort of, uh, I guess, introspective, but my biggest obstacle has been me, you know, in many respects. I feel like, you know, some of the mistakes I made when I was younger, um, you know, choice team-wise and that sort of thing, career choices I made. I think, you know, those, when you look back, which I've, I've tried really hard over the last couple of years to just shed my past in that sense, but I think when I look at my career, like, you know, there's no one to blame but myself. So I had a lot of great opportunities. I was at Penske for four years, you know, although I only got to do like four races for them, I was there, right? Um, it's not like I didn't get any shots. I think, you know, from that point of leaving Penske, I made some suspect decisions in that time. Um, and then since then, you know, I think the harder thing for me has been over the last like seven years, really balancing, like, where do I want to go, right? Like, What's the high value thing I should be doing? What, you know, what is, where do I want to be next year, two years, three, 10 years? And I've gone back and forth between, okay, you know, TV thing is great. You know, let's just keep this going. Um, maybe it's a business thing that I'm just like, you know what, that's where I want to go. Or it's driving, you know, I've, I've gone in and out of driving where I've been like, all right, I'm going to go get a cup ride. I'm just going to make it happen. We're going to go win a ton of races and whatever I'm driving, we're going to get to cut full time. And then, you know, I get to the one yard line, everything falls through and it's like, okay, well, now we're back to square one, right? And so then it's like, all right, well, I still have the TV thing. Maybe I could go, maybe this isn't just, it's not meant to be, like, whatever. So then you start to say, like, okay, what is my direction? And I know it sounds, like, really, um, and I'm trying to make this quick, but I know it sounds really, like, haphazard and sort of, like, circuitous in a way, but it's the way it's been for me. And so one of the things I've really worked on in the last two years is trying to just have a singular focus goal sort of direction and just say like, okay, and maybe a little short term and long term. Um, and I've even just in the last few months gone between like, I'm gonna go drive full cup again. And then to be like, you know, in the last, I'd say a couple weeks, I'm like, you know what, I don't even know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's been a roller coaster ride, but I'm only 32, which is I feel like I've done like, full careers <laughs> i've done racing career i've had a tv career i've had start i've done so much in 32 years um that it really excites me if i can keep p- positive mental attitude about like what's next right and that could be racing full-time and mixing in something else or you know that's not a possibility i don't know but 
I'm actually sorting through that like right this moment about mm. what I think the next few months are really important to what I'm doing probably in for next year and for the sort of the rest of my life. So um, I guess to be determined, but biggest obstacle to answer this question has definitely been me. Interesting. Interesting. I would not have. You can blame money. Like, I know yeah. everyone likes to say money. Yeah, that would have made it simple. Like if I had, you know, you look at some of these kids whose parents are putting in $30 million by the time they get to cup. Like I obviously did not have that. You know, the entirety of my parents, what they spent on my racing was similar to a college education, about 100, 150,000. Uh, from there, I was able to find amazing opportunities. I got really lucky. I met an incredible man in Briggs Cunningham who was able to support my career uh, at different facets and times and was my biggest supporter. But you know, my level of funding never reached those levels of those kids. And so, you know, I, I think, but I know that's like a, sometimes I, I fall in that hole of like, okay, well that was the difference, but I'm like, you know, I still could have made it. You know, I, if I just done this different or done that different, I would have, you know, I would have been there. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I always think it's myself. Interesting. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? <laughs> I loved that at Martinsville with Denny and Alex Bowman. I thought it was cool. I think that stuff's great. 100% I would. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I loved the crowd, the way they reacted. And, like, that's just showmanship. And, I mean, we're here to entertain. So, <laughs> what the hell? That's awesome. 100% I would. Okay. Uh, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? Ooh, over the last year? Uh... Moneyball has always been a go-to for me. It's just my favorite movie of all time. The music, I love the music. I think the story is incredible. I've watched it a thousand times. Um, but go-to, I think that the other thing is, I don't know about movie, but The Crown TV show is my oh, favorite yeah. TV show of all time. I think it's the most incredible TV show ever made. And so I'll go back and watch episodes of that all the time. It gives you a different perspective when the queen passes recently. So that a whole different thing. felt so big. And I remember when I was flying to Kansas and I got off the plane and saw it and I got like chills because all I could think was the music of the crown and how they're going to play this. Like how obviously it's a real human being who's very impactful to the world. I, you know, not putting that aside, but the crown has done such an amazing job of like dramatizing everything that like I could hear the music and just like all that in my head. And I was like, oh my God, this is a huge moment. Like, you know, yeah. and I don't know if it would have been as big for me being an American, you know, guy. If the you know knowing the queen had passed away, if I didn't know all about her from the crown, right? You have a total appreciation for her, the entirety of her life and the legacy. Yeah, I was picturing her like in Africa when she finds out that yes. her father passed away and stuff, and it's like now she, you know it's crazy, I mean, unbelievable. What an amazing story! And just a side note, it did lead me down. Like I've watched documentaries now and other thing, and like read about the royal family because I just found it so fascinating. Wow! So, yeah. Wow. When you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? I'm most optimistic financially for the teams. Um, I believe they could potentially be in the best spot that we've seen in the last uh, 30 years. I'm most worried for the drivers in terms of their importance and their ability to um, – 
to make sure that they have a meaningful voice in the sport, mm. that they have a place, you know, they've organized to a level that they have a, a singular voice. I think that would be my biggest fear. So I, I do believe the sport has a lot of, op, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic uh, about where things are and definitely more than, you know, when we were sitting here in 2013. Um, but I, I, I think that's, you know, and I think that the model of the sport, the, the teams primarily making their revenue from the sport and not sponsorship excites me more than anything. I just think sponsorship is a losing game. It should be the smallest, most ancillary portion to any sports revenue stream. And, uh, you know, I think I just think there's there's no reason any sport in the world should have depend on a third party's decision making for the success or failure of a team or a sport. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that needs. I'm excited for that to change. Right. Okay. So uh, a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over again. But you get to retain all of the knowledge and experience that you have now. Yep. Uh, so would you choose to go back and do this whole thing over again, or would you just stay where you are in the present? Oh, uh, I'd go back. I'd give it one more chance yeah. uh, because I would go to. I would go to. I would find a way to Europe. I would go to Formula One. Oh, interesting. Yep. Okay. So. Now that I know what Formula One's doing in America, all I'd had to have done is somehow I may be a little too old for it to sort of catch hold, but if I could have just been there in that arena, figured out the funding, could tell everyone that F1's going to be really big in 10 years, just trust me on this. Um, you know, it's going to be huge in America, that sort of thing. I probably would have tried that out. But because that's only because I know, like, I've done NASCAR, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it'd be like, well, what's that like? You know? So, and that's where I did want to go. Was, Formula One was the thing that got me into racing in the start when I saw it on TV. I'm a huge NASCAR fan. I've always been. Um, but that was sort of like the North Star. And so I think that would be a funny thing with all the knowledge I have now trying to do that. And I've, I've made a comment to my brother. I was like, all right, if one day, you know, we're financially in a position that you need to be really, really wealthy to make this happen. But I was like, if we have, if he has a, a son or son or daughter, I do. I was like, I can get them to Formula One. <laughs> I know it. I can do it. I know how to do it. I know exactly what we'll do. If they want to go, we'll get them there. So <laughs> we'll see. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. if you're listening to this and you are interested in getting in Formula One, call Parker Klugerman. <laughs> I know the roadmap. Yes. Um, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. The last one was with Brad Kozlowski. I wish he had known it was you. But oh, my gosh. Yeah. What that. a weird. So he just, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the question for a random person that turns out to be you is what is the favorite uh, your favorite fan interaction that you've had in your career? That's a great question. Um, I'll tell you exactly. When Swan Racing folded, I had a fan who reached out to me, this uh, young girl on Twitter all the time, and I got a piece of fan mail from – it just came to my door like a couple months after it folded, and she had written me like a four-page handwritten letter about following my career, like her favorite moments, why I should keep going. It was unbelievable. It almost brought me to tears. And so to me, that was always like one of those things where I felt like, wow, like I did not think I was having any impact on anyone in the world at that time, you know, 23 years old or ever. And uh, that was a really powerful moment for me. So wow. I'll, I'll never forget it. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you still have the letter somewhere? Somewhere. I do wow. actually. Yeah, I kept it. And her name was, I want to say Michelle. Mulker, maybe I don't know. I don't even think she's on Twitter or anything. I don't know. I haven't seen her pop up in a long time, but yeah, it meant a lot. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, 
Uh, so the next question or the next interview I'm doing is with uh, Ryan Blaney. Do you have a question I can ask? This is so funny. You? This is like a you know our, we're us three are like really <laughs> we've had intertwined careers. Yes, right. <laughs> um, for Ryan Blaney, interesting. Does he feel like there is something he could be doing because of his popularity outside of the car? in entertainment or whatever that he isn't and why okay okay that he's not doing yeah he could be doing and why okay i think i think a lot of people want to know because he's so popular right okay and he's such a big personality sweet well could thank be you. like performance i don't know so thank you so much for, yeah thank uh, you for doing this i always appreciate your insight and your time and everything so thanks appreciate it. thank you all right, everybody, there you have it. Parker Kligerman on the 12 questions. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Very nice to talk to him and catch up and hear his perspective on things. Also, as you heard there, the next 12 questions will be with Ryan Blaney. That one's already been recorded and that will be coming to you next week. Appreciate Ryan for taking some time during the NASCAR playoffs. Uh, not all drivers do that, but he was willing to do that. So that was cool. And we'll have him on next week. Anyway, in the meantime, thanks as always for listening. Hopefully my voice will be back at full song next week, and I'll talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.